Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio tonight, it's Ian and Jay New. One of the things you love talking about is the addiction that not just the average person, the average millennial or Gen X or whoever has to a device like a cell phone or tablet or something like that, but especially children uh, oh, yeah. and, and parents who have used and are using electronic devices like a cell phone or a tablet with their you know, infants. You know, mm-hmm. in, in many cases, the, as soon as they come out of the womb, they're slapping a cell phone in, in their hand and, you know, to distract them from whatever. Instead of sitting them in front of, like in the 1990s, it was Barney, right? Yep. Like you'd sit the kids in front of the television and let the television do the uh, the babysitting. Now it's Apple and Android and, you know, apps and things like that. So I know this is going to interest you. Uh, it's about a town that not in the United States, because I don't think this would fly in the United States, but over in the UK, a town apparently actually banned children from accessing smartphones. That's interesting. Yeah. So uh, I was just talking to a, a young lady uh, who I met at Porkfest this year, and she um, is... Uh, like a young a woman or like a child? Or what oh, she's 24 about? years old. She have, she have kids? Nope, she doesn't have okay. kids. Okay. Uh, but she, she definitely really wants to have kids. She's mm-hmm. got a, a man about her age that she's, uh, she's with, uh, you know, she's got some good values raised by good people. Uh, and anyways, she went to school for like a lot of these, uh, <clears throat> neurological type things. And she wants to help me out with, uh, you know, really getting my message, uh, across to people in simple terms that they can understand it. You know, this, this series of lectures talked to her for about an hour on the phone today. That was really good. Hmm. And, uh, we were talking about the uh, internet addiction and stuff like that, but with, with the um, oh, and she said that she was uh, at she she moved here to New Hampshire for, for for the Free State Project. She lives up in uh, cool. north of here, and she went to a Vivek Ramaswamy meetup or meet and greet or town hall or something he mm-hmm. was doing, and she brought up about internet addiction, and he said that he would like to basically make it illegal for kids under sixteen to use. Uh, like social media. And she says, well, if you look at all social media, kids, you know, under a certain age, depending on which one, aren't supposed to be on it. But still, seven-year-olds and eight-year-olds are accessing it. They're there uh, anyway. You know, yeah. and and it's like, what are you supposed to do? Uh, you know, make sure that you're the 14-year-old or the 16-year-old has some kind of state-issued ID to make sure they're on social media. And then... That's all a scary gotta, idea. Right, which I don't like that. And then all you got is the... Um, you know, you got you got VPN. So, like, you know, I was talking about how in China, China has uh, there's a different TikTok for China Chinese kids than mm-hmm. there is for like American. Well, the American TikTok is way more popular with the Chinese youth, and all they really? do is it, so. I I I did like it uh, with uh, Autonomy Unlimited, mm-hmm. Autonomy dot com, uh, Richard Grove, and a bunch of guys. I uh, got this really good you know thing that's actually doing a lot of good for america we should really talk about autonomy unlimited more often um because they're they're being super helpful but they're they're training people essentially to to come out of their shell to be their best to be go-getters instead of just you know working a corporate job to be like they're encouraging entrepreneurship anyways so i did there were i'm working on with those guys on my you know lecture presentation so i did a a lecture presentation a while ago and one of the guys that that was in the audience was kind of like a you know test audience he's in china and he's been mm. in China for a long time. And I, I mentioned that, well, in China, there's, you know, they don't have access to American TikTok. And the Chinese TikTok is all about engineering and, you know, um, like like building, you know, like, uh, building the um, intellect and the uh, skill set. And it doesn't like have how a bunch do of th- stupid crap. Is right. What you're so saying? it's not a addictive, repetitive, you know, mm-hmm. kitten things and, you know, these stupid dancing you know, videos, quick, free dopamine right. hit deals. So and he goes, well. But all the kids are getting around that, and they're all and the uh, he was basically saying that best he can tell that the American form of TikTok is more popular in China than the wow. Chinese TikTok for the Chinese youth because basically any twelve year old that's you know been messing with a tablet or has had free time on any of these devices for any amount of time, I happen to know one of these t- you know twelve year olds who's you know got a lot of device time, and I can call him up when I have some kind of issue. <laughs> 
And or I'll call his dad, and he goes, "Oh, my son will tell you how to do that," and right. you know, hand him the phone, and he, and he walks me through it. But his dad's an IT guy. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, uh, the kids are sharp. They know how to get around these VPNs. They know how to like, uh, it, you know, access whatever is going to get their dopamine hit. So, so like when when right. these parents are like, I'm like, "Oh, you got a 12 year old boy. Does do you let him uh, use the internet? Oh, yeah, he's got his own computer. He's got his own tablet and a smartphone." And I said, "So." Like uh, his brain is, you know, he's developing right now attraction. What kind of a tr- what kind of woman he's going to be attracted to the rest of his life? That is kind of what's going on when you're 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And and the uh, the mother's like, oh, my son doesn't do that. And 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 the dad, <laughs> like, he can't even respond to me. He's horrified. This is actually a conversation I had uh-huh. with uh, some people at a uh, uh, pork fest. The entire parent population of Greystones in County Wicklow got together to agree not to buy smartphones for their kids until they were in secondary school. I presume that's the equivalent of a middle so school or a high school. This, this sounds like a voluntary thing of all these people not agreeing. I kind of like what I've heard so far. Yeah, if it is indeed voluntary, as they say, it says the entire parent population. So if that's true, then that's it, fine. Here's what's right? really cool about that. Uh, so you're like, hey, we're not going to let my friends. Use, my, I'm not going to. I'm not going to let my kids use cocaine. I mean, internet devices. <laughs> and you know, if you look, this is what they're referring to these things as digital cocaine. It does the same exact thing to the mm-hmm. brain. It stimulates the same exact part of the brain. So, what's nice about that is like, you know, for example, like you know, uh, my wife and I will do like the intermittent fasting for five days in a row together. Okay. And it's uh, it's pretty easy when we're both on the same page. You Makes know, because 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 uh, it's kind of hard to intermittent fast when you know you got a two year old and a three year old and you're cooking them eggs at eight o'clock in the morning. You and, smell those and, eggs and, and you're and, like, and, oh and, my god! And you know, but you're not going to eat until two thirty in the afternoon yeah. or three o'clock. It's a lot easier when there's not co- food cooking all around. And you. Uh, but but it's also a lot easier when you know my wife and I are kind of on the same page and doing it together. Yeah, sure. So if everybody in town is sort of agreeing with each other, they're not going to use devices. And then somebody in town starts using a device uh, or letting their kids use device. You could be like, hey, what are you doing? What's going on? Well, you know, what we really got to get into about the devices is why are parents leaning on devices? But we'll get into that after you uh, read a little bit. Sure. Uh, So eight of the primary schools in town, which is 15 miles south of Dublin, had already stopped their uh, pupils from bringing the electronic devices into the learning environment. But the school parent associations then went further by initiating a voluntary ban among themselves. It is what they call a revolutionary approach, which would likely be welcomed by parents in Britain as well. A survey by Vodafone this week revealed that choosing when to give a child their first mobile phone was as tough for some parents as selecting the right school to send their children to. And in July, the United Nations Education, Science and Culture Agency, UNESCO, called for phones to be banned from classrooms across the world. When the son visited Greystones, the locals were grateful for the chance to free youngsters from the pressure to be permanently connected to social media. Anja Schubert, who had lived in the town for 25 years, says, I signed up. It gives me another three years for my daughter to not have a smartphone. I suppose the majority of people would feel under pressure to buy a phone for their child because their peers have it. So the more kids that don't have one, the easier it is for us. And she makes a good point there. I mean, peer pressure is a thing. It's a real thing, not just among kids, but among adults as well. And actually, a guy I met with a couple days ago, I'm sitting there with my daughter, and he and he goes, um, before I take my phone out of my pocket, because uh, he need, needed to read me something off his phone, he goes, are you okay with your kids seeing uh, internet devices? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, you know, Nice um, of him to ask. Yeah, I, 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 it was the first time I was ever at And this guy had no idea of the stuff I'm into. We oh, had really? just met for the first time. Oh, wow. And uh, so he was like, you know, I, I filled him in a little about my investing in our posterity thing I'm working on. He liked it. So, but he says, yeah, he's, he he uh, has uh, six or seven uh, uh, close uh, families that he, you know, regularly, you know, meets with or, or does fellowship with or friends with or whatever. And uh, they don't want uh, anybody bringing a, any kind of phone into their house. Mm-hmm. No device, no internet, nothing. Um, they, uh, and that what they're going to do is basically when their kid's about 12 or 13 years old, they'll let them start using computer. Like, but not something like not hooked a up phone. To, okay. Yep, not 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 a not a smartphone, but mm-hmm. like a computer to do things, to do research, do typing, 
Um, and also, you know, like even something I'm I'm going to buy if I see it at a tag sale or something, I'm going to buy an encyclopedia set if Jeez. I come across one. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, because I, so I, I, I think that, they still make those. They still make them, but you can, you can get them pretty inexpensive yeah. every now and then. And I've, over the years I've passed up a few and I like, I don't know where I'm going to mm. put all that, but now like I, I have a real You'll good make purpose. Room for it. Yeah. Well, I have a purpose for it now because this yeah. is how I want to teach my kids how to do research is by flipping through pages mm. and reading things. So anyways, uh, <clears throat> where was I going with this? So the, uh, the internet devices, uh, there's a lot of people are awake to this. Oh, the big problem is, so they, they go camping, the kid gets off the internet device, and then all of a sudden, and one guy says to me, well, when they went back to school, their friend had it. I'm like, why are you sending your kid to school? Says, mm-hmm. so, you, so, so the problem is, is like, when you, like, I don't know if you've ever been to any AA meetings, but no. I've, I've had some, uh, I, I have gone to many, many AA meetings since I was about 17 years old. Hmm. Um friends girlfriends uh relatives uh they let you bring guests well so i i would go as like a support okay um and then uh, i also had a a a few friends that were having a hard time with opiates so i would go Mm. to na meetings with them okay but the the biggest thing they push is you just cannot hang around those people that are doing that that are drinking and drugging and it's really got to be the same thing for your kids so like my kids I don't let my kids hang out or interact with kids that use internet devices. Makes sense. And I'm not going to. And I have friends that are, like, very offended about this. We have Sheriff David Hathaway is with us. He is from uh, Santa Cruz County down there in Arizona. Uh, welcome back to the show, David. What, uh, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, good evening, Jay and, even, and Ian. We're just sitting in the Tucson airport now, getting ready to fly out to New Hampshire. And we, I just had, got the disgusting privilege of watching a TSA employee grope my wife. You know, oh, it's either great. that or the naked body scanner. I just really never like to fly, but, yep, it's ugly. you know, we wanted to come back. But it's just, it's so horrible and all the conflicting instructions and the you know, the, uh, the the pompousness and the arrogance and everything like that. But anyway, we just got done with that. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but the main thing I was calling is uh, we just got done watching. We actually watched them a couple of times, uh, two videos. The one of the Free Talk Live studios getting raided, and that was just so disgusting. You could mm-hmm. see the you guys being drug out early morning just with, you know, like nightgown and you can see little flakes of snow in the air and let's just looking at the damage that they did and then smashing the cameras, you know, security cameras. So there's no evidence of what they're doing and ripping mm-hmm. that window off the frame and, uh, you know, watching, um, watching the little dog just run around out there. Um, but anyway, the, 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 it was horrible. People should really, yeah. And just the background music that you selected, it was like some fascist. <laughs> I don't know either. Sound like a Soviet rally or a yeah, Hitler it was. Yeah, you, rally, you got it. it was, yeah. <laughs> whatever it was, it was actually it was it two was tracks. One of them was like a, a Russian uh, kind of Soviet sounding track, and then another one was a fascist one from like the Nazi regime. So there was actually two tracks in there. On that video. Yeah, and if anybody hasn't seen that, I can't remember if that was on the Crypto6.com website. I'm pretty sure it's there, yeah. Was. The Crypto6.com, yeah. But, yeah. but that, it was unbelievable. And just to see the disgusting, all these guys with their little goofy, little tactical nonsense decked out, you know, um, right. just looking like they're in some foreign war invading, invading yeah. some... By the way, their, know, their excuse for that, uh, so we got to actually play this video in the trial. Unfortunately, the jury didn't seem to care. But uh, but we did play the the video actually more than once during the trial, and it was addressed by some of the, uh, the states or the government witnesses, and they claimed that they needed to come in in that way using you know dozens of armed agents, two bearcats, battering rams, you know that sort of thing, taking what like you said windows uh, out completely, smashing them in. I believe there was at least uh, one smoke or flashbang used. And uh, they said this was all necessary because their research had uh, revealed that my roommate, Matt, who's been on the show on, a, on occasion on Thursday nights, he has guns. 
even though <laughs> he's never been convicted or charged with any sort of violent crime. He has all of his guns completely legally kept. He even has like ATF registrations for certain things that he has. Like he's completely on the record, completely legal uh, with that stuff. But that was their excuse. Oh, he has guns, so we have to use maximum force. It was absolutely it was ridiculous. So- it was disgusting. It was obvious that they didn't want any evidence to survive survive yeah. what they, what they did. Like, and I don't know how it did survive. You can see them after the entry, smashing cameras, trying to destroy any anything that would capture an image of what they're doing. Yeah. And um, you know, I'm I'm so glad that you were able to preserve or retain, or maybe you lost. I, some I was amazed they sent they sent them back. Uh, they they had taken the the recording devices right, so that when they when they actually went through the house. They snatched the hard drive uh, computers. They're just little computers, right, these days, these camera systems. So they snatched the actual recording decks, and amazingly, they sent them back to me in in 2021. Well, that's great. And another thing we really enjoyed was uh, Bonnie's boldness. We we were so impressed on her parking ticket, her $15 parking ticket. and. (laughs) The spiel that she gave to, you know, like, what's your authority here and how do you have authority? Who do you work for? Oh, I don't work for anybody, you know, and it's like, okay, who signs your paycheck? Oh, nobody signs my paycheck. I got an electronic. Well, where does it come from? <laughs> Just, uh, it was great. And maybe nobody in the Yeah, she really had that judge that. on the ropes. Like, he, <laughs> he was smooth yeah. in the way that he tried to, tried to dodge her, but you could tell he was he was reaching yeah, and the way you splice the whole thing together, like the uh, the I don't know, some kind of clerk or bureaucrat behind a window, and she's telling you, you know, don't film me or don't film my desk and don't this and that, and mm-hmm. it was neat how it was all edited together, and there was some overlaid, um, you know, commentaries on it stuff. But we really enjoyed that too. Oh, good. Do yeah. it, go on to all that for just a fifteen dollar ticket. You know, if more people <laughs> would do that, like th- that stuff would, <laughs> they'd they'd be less like. And and then the uh, whatever she was, meter maid or whatever yeah. that. She seemed like totally clueless, like nobody had ever fought her on anything, you know, just like, oh, no, kind of, she's we been in that here? seat. Yeah. She's been in that seat many, uh, many a time or at least a few other times. Because bon- Bonnie's certainly not the first person to fight a parking ticket up here. But yeah, she was it, you could tell she had an attitude about it, like she's rolling yeah. her eyes and making faces when Bonnie and was asking. why should I have to explain any of this? Why should I have to explain how the kiosk? interfaces with the parking meter or with anything else like why are you even daring to question my authority but anyway that was really impressive thanks i'll let her know you said that (laughs) i think we're about 10 minutes from boarding here we go to phoenix and then connect phoenix to boston and then we got a rental car so we'll be seeing you guys in a a couple days maybe we got dave ridley he's on the line uh from ridleyreport.com also calling from new hampshire go ahead dave yeah, just a reminder that the sentencing activities begin, they start at uh, 8.30 a.m. on Monday, not, not so you, you want to get there at 8.30. Oh, possible. you're talking about, I heard there's there might be like some sort of an event going on outside. Uh, some activists are planning on holding signs and things like that starting at 8, 8.30 is what you're saying, right? Right. That should be, a, I've scheduled a demonstration for 8.30. Oh, cool. Thank I don't you know how that. many of us will be there, but uh, just a reminder that, that that's that's the time to focus on. If you're coming all the way out there, you might as well get get there early. And you get get there at the beginning. But okay. the um, uh, I, I was actually calling about something else, and I, I guess there is a um, I I would call him a New Hampshire Liberty activist and or free stater. I think he's probably both. Um, but he who is uh, suing uh, Massachusetts over their gun laws. You're talking about bare arms. Correct. Okay. Yeah. I guess, as I understand it, he was charged. He said he had firearms in his, or he was charged with having firearms in his own property. Um, yes. And so he's trying to create some sort of a, it looks like a, I don't know if I'd call it class action lawsuit, but he's looking for other plaintiffs to join the the, the suit. So he's suing it at a federal level against the state, you know, the Massachusetts sort of dracon, draconian gun laws. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, Bear Arms is a real go-getter. He's a, a excellent activist. He's new to the area up here. Uh, he's a, as I understand it, he is a free stater, uh, but uh, having spent a lot of time apparently down in Massachusetts, he's a doctor uh, down there, and he's also a big gun rights activist who, as you said, was arrested for shooting guns on his own property with his children. 
uh, which should be his right to do. And he he clarified because he came on the show with us uh, with Jay and I a few weeks, maybe like three weeks ago at this yep. point, and he clarified that it is not the same thing legally to bear arms, which is your right, as it is to uh, carry arms. carry a firearm, carry which a is firearm. a legal term. And he says that that has to do carrying a firearm has to do with you know being licensed to carry out specific things with the government has like, to do with like an occupational license essentially so yeah. if you're like a security guard if you're a police officer if you're in the military you are carrying arms and doing it as a service essentially a government service he talked a little bit about too yeah he says that's why you need the license but if you're just going to bear arms then that's your right you don't need a license that's the sort of the crux of what I, he's arguing as i understand it in court and it's very interesting Taking a stance of not using an internet device sort of puts you in a different classification. You're going to be a minority for sure. Uh, sort of. Uh, I don't think I'm really in a minority here. You don't in think New- so? No. Okay. Not, may, well, so I live in rural New Hampshire. Sure. I don't live in the Bronx. Right. right. Uh, or L.A. Uh, so uh, definitely not. Uh, I can tell you a lot of um, like our, our homeschool co-op. None of those kids are using devices. Hmm. Uh, they're just they're not, and the parents are. are but they're also the kind of kind of people who are investing heavily in their kids. Like on these your, are also homeschoolers, so of course right. they care about their kids. They're right. not just pawning them off on the government schools. But but what it is is they're they're uh, what I, I guess I could say professional moms. Like these are moms that are you know serious about being moms. They're not trying to build a career. They're not mm-hmm. you know um, you know they're, they're they're focused and they're paying attention on being moms. They love their kids. They they you know instinctively know what's best for their kids. Uh, I believe, and they're they're doing a good job, and by keeping them off the devices and out of the public schools. Uh, so the thing is, is, the first six years is like your best return on investment is when ninety percent of uh, brain development happens. So to think that you can just you know work your career, both mom and dad, drop your kids off at daycare from the time they're six or eight months old. Uh, and you know, a lot of these daycares are requiring. Oh, I should say a lot of. I've been told of one, anyways. I, I, I'm aware of. They require you to have like a certain type of tablet. Like we oh, want you wow. to have this tablet that is, I don't know if it's Android, whatever, or iPhone, you know, whatever. But a specific a kind of tablet they want. They want each kid to come with. Mm-hmm. And uh, and actually, uh, one of the, uh, the see, baby- I think that's going to be a big problem when you're dealing with these schools. I mean, this is just a daycare, yep. but government schools have been this way for a long time, where it's been a goal. I, I can remember back into the 1990s or the early aughts, where Government schools were trying to get people to donate to them so they could give every kid a laptop oh, or every a, kid a tablet or whatever. There's a whole bunch of like welfare recipient families uh, that, you know, the nine year old, 10 year olds, they got basically Obama phones. So they got they got their own smartphones. Mm-hmm. They got their own phone number and they don't pay for it. It's, you know, it comes through. They, 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 I was told it's an Obama phone. So according to the story here at the-sun.com, you got more than 70% of the parents in her class, the daughter's class of this uh, lady, Anja, uh, signed up to the agreement to not buy a smartphone. However, once the children reach secondary school, only 5% of parents say they're willing to hold out against the tide. Greystone's mom, Karen or Caroline Nolan, signed the agreement with her two boys' infants school, St. Lawrence's. She won't be giving her sons a smartphone until they finish sixth class, which is their equivalent, I guess, of sixth grade, which is for 11 to 12-year-olds there. She says, as a family, we've spoken openly about how they wouldn't have phones until the end of sixth class going into first year, and that's something that we are quite strict about, she says. She said further, but I think collectively in the community with everyone doing it, it takes the pressure off. The story says the rise in social media has been linked to the mental health crisis facing teenagers. And NHS, that's their National Health Service there, that's the government health care, report last November revealed that a quarter of 17 to 19-year-olds in England have a probable mental health disorder, which was up from one out of six just one year earlier. Dad Johnny Hayden told how the Greystones area was hit with two recent suicides, as a result of bullies, 
And he feels the smartphone clampdown will benefit young people's mental health. In fact, of course, there's been a lot of talk over the years about how bullying has gone from real life. You know, when, when you and I were growing up, maybe some people were bullied in real life. Well, now the bullies can take to Facebook and they can take to uh, online social media and continue to harass their uh, targets even when they're not even standing in front of them. When I was a kid, definitely got in the fist fights with other kids. Mm-hmm. There was bullies. Uh, there was, I remember in a little village of Thorndike, Massachusetts, we had a, you know, a little school that had, you know, first through eighth grade and the classes were like 25, you know, kids per class. And there was, you know, each, each village of town of Palmer had its own school. So there was like a whole bunch of these schools and there was definitely kids that were, uh, being raised by just their moms. In fact, almost every single one of my can remember that was a bully and was a problem. So they were basically just kids that were bigger than us. Mm-hmm. So me and my brother, you know, when we were in third grade, we were getting our butts beat by like sixth and seventh graders. Damn. And the thing is, is we were both pretty tough kids. Uh, you know, my, my brother and I growing up because we dealt with horses and we were farming and we were mm-hmm. stacking hay and cleaning stalls and pushing wheelbarrows. And, and but when you're, you know, when you're a third grader and you're getting pounded on by sixth and seventh graders and there's a handful of them, and, you know, it's there's only uh, so much you can do. You, you just basically got to take the beating mm. and, you know, watch, uh, you know, <clears throat> so uh, and then when you catch up with these guys and they're by themselves and you square off with them, it's a little different story. Sure. And, and uh, but, you know, we, we learned how to be tough. I don't know anybody actually from like we were in that like age group the elementary school middle school group that committed suicide uh i, when I, was I never kid. heard of that when i was a kid uh i never heard of it uh it, it didn't really happen there was some uh it i i've started hearing about suicide of kids like you know and the idea of it after i got out of high school actually mm-hmm. and it was kids that were like you know i was like oh i was getting but as a lot of this is internet bullying and people just aren't tough and, and a lot of things i've noticed i've even notice this recently, you know, you got keyboard warriors. They will just on the internet, like you know, one of these guys in particular would talk trash about you all the time. The Greystones believe that the first year of secondary school is a good age to be given a phone. One of them, uh, dads, I guess, one of the dads says, I think teenagers' social life has changed where they need a phone, but generally my rule is only get a smartphone when they go into first year. He says, I've got three girls. My youngest hasn't got a phone. She uses her mother's to play games, but she doesn't have her own phone until she's in first year, he said. Other towns in Ireland are now considering implementing a a similar policy. Natalie Coffey, who lives in a town two miles away called Kilcool, hopes to see the ban enforced in her son's school and further afield. She says, I would be delighted if it was brought in that area now. It makes it the same for everybody, so there's no real conversation about it. It's just done across all levels. I think it's a great idea. And again, if it's done on a voluntary basis, I think that it's fine. That makes total sense to me if parents can come together and agree voluntarily to do this. But, of course, then you get the politician coming in here, uh, Mary Sirikerni. She said the collaboration should be a model for a wider rollout across the country. She said by coming together, parents, teachers, and principals devised and introduced this code, which means all children in the area who attend the same schools won't experience the dreaded fear of missing out by not having a phone or tablet as none of their classes uh, classmates will either plenty of other countries have already taken the lead france banned classroom phones in 2018 italy did so last year while holland and finland brought in similar restrictions last year as well one graystone mom admitted to being divided about restricting mobile phone use she says in a way smartphones are ruining children's lives it can be good and it can be bad but if children are being left out or they feel excluded by classmates it can be amplified by the phone and them feeling so alone at times. So this this dad who says that he will let his daughters use you know the phone in primary school. I'm gonna guess that primary school is what well, uh, secondary school. school is yeah. middle school. So how old would you be in middle school? Like twelve or secondary school is is uh, the middle school. I think. Yeah, they said earlier like sixth grade. Uh, they, what they describe as sixth class, which okay. sounds like sixth grade, is for eleven to twelve year olds. And right. that's where only 5% of parents are willing to so, hold out so one, uh, and not get the phones. So one of the slideshows that I'm uh, presentate lecture slideshows that I'm preparing is 
pretty much uh, a lot of detail on exactly why we don't want, uh, you know, near to prepubescent girls or pubescent girls using social media. We don't want 11, 12, 13, 14 year old girls social using social media. Also, I'm gonna, I have another slideshow I'm putting together on why we don't want the boys using <laughs> social media because it is, it's actually two very different reasons uh, because uh, and, and it has, um, you know, uh, an outcome of, you know, these girls uh, wanting to, you know, get cosmetic surgery so they can look like That's the, bad the Snapchat filter. It's, mm-hmm. it's that they, they, they are looking for the validation from this, you know, a bunch of people that they'll never meet face to face. So that's another thing too. If 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 you can, you know, insult somebody that you'll never look into their eyes, you'll never, you know, have the opportunity to, to rub shoulders with them or or, or bounce into them, uh, then you it's just it's a it's a it's a recipe for disaster, especially when you're of that young developmental and hormonal mindset. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of hormones coming into play. Uh, and then also you have the gender dysphoria, which, you know, as far as I'm concerned, gender dysphoria is fixed by puberty. But when you have all of this indoctrination being put through the devices, through, you know, all of this grooming that's happening in social media to where you have these groups of people like, oh, well, maybe you're a boy. And, oh, and, 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 uh, and you should, you should cut off all your hair. And then the girl cuts off all her hair and the people in the, in, in the social groups are like, wow, you look amazing. Oh yeah. That's so awesome. You look so good as a dude. Uh, you know, so this is like a lot of the grooming that is happening in, in, in social media with, you know, the girls and the boys and, mm. and it's, and it's very confusing and it's a confusing time. Hey, Daily Digest listeners. This is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. 86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Major Payne is on the line in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Major. Hey, guys. Yeah, you were talking about helicopter parents. Yeah. I heard something that was just so beyond belief that I have to call and tell you. This was probably a couple months ago. Okay. The helicopter parents thing has spread so far that uh, parents are calling their bosses and arranging job interviews and uh, carrying it to the extremes of if the kid gets hired and there's discrepancies in the job situation, the parent will come in and try to uh, manipulate or referee the situation and uh, it it's it's gone to such extremes that parents are sitting in on conferences and whatnot. I've heard about this. I mean, Actually, this is not new. Uh, this came up, I don't know, 15 years ago, whenever it was we first started talking about helicopter parents. They were known for trying to go to a job interview with their uh, teenage son or daughter or whatever, or going to college uh, with them and you know getting their college room all set up and then just kind of hanging around for a while or you know calling up their teacher if something wasn't going right in class and just basically taking care of whatever the things would be that their young person as they were growing up should be encountering themselves that they should be dealing with themselves i mean it's one thing to go to your parents and ask for advice considering they have more experience than you on a thing it's a whole other thing to have the parent just step in and say i'll handle this son and then they do your job interview for you and where did you hear about this major do you know of a specific example of this happening because this has been a helicopter parent you know thing for some time as i understand it no, I, I I don't work in uh, you know bureaucratic circles. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm I'm a lone wolf. I do construction, and I think it was Peakless one time asked me if I owned a, a red and black plaid shirt, and I said <laughs> I think anybody that's ever swung an axe has one of those. <laughs> you know, I got one. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, so you were just telling us a story of something you kind of heard through the rumor mill. You hadn't actually, you're not aware of anyone that's actually had this no, particular no, experience. No, I've not experienced the, uh, yeah. the, the, the syndrome. I mean, damn, what kind of airport do you have to hang out at to deal with helicopter parents? I know a lot of pilots. I mean, I can fit into the yacht club or any place else, but. Good God Almighty! Yep, it's what a thing. What is this world coming to? We cannot let our children confront anything on their own, right? Well, I mean, that's how you build. You're talking about earlier confidence, Jay, and how important it is for not just any anybody, but especially kids to develop that. And one of the ways you develop that is by having to learn things the hard way and figuring them out by making mistakes. And coming back and trying it again. And if your parents are there to tell you they're going to step in and handle everything for you, then you never even have a chance to fail in the first place. Yeah, I mean, look yeah, at uh, Hunter Biden. To, <laughs> if you don't learn how to solve problems, you will continually have nothing but problems. Mm. Try to be more of the free-range parent. I got to say, I really like the free-range kids uh, concept. The Lenore Skenazy is her name. We've had her on the show. She was the woman who she lives, or maybe maybe she's moved out. I hope she's moved out by now, but she was in New York City, and she was letting her kid go home from school by taking the public subway or bus or whatever, you know, some sort of public transportation, and she was ex excoriated in the media she was called the world's worst mother for allowing her i think at the time eight or ten year old son to just simply take the bus home or the uh the subway home and people were saying oh, oh you you can't let your son do this this is too dangerous and she got a name for herself and she ended up starting this uh, free range kids blog if you haven't checked it out jay i'm sure You'd really enjoy it. I've heard of it. Uh, So a little commentary on, you know, letting your kids kind of like walk home in the city. Yep. So Hartford, Connecticut, there's a place they used to do business with. If anybody's around there uh, wants to check it out or even donate to them, it's called Ebony Horsewomen. And what it is is an inner city riding program. And it's on some city land on on the very west side of Hartford. Great program. Uh, It's on Vine Street. So like the northwest end of Hartford is like hardcore ghetto. I haven't been there in like eight years, but... It's definitely hardcore ghetto, guns being shot, you know, um, a, a, a lot of drugs, a lot of police activity. And there was a kid that, so I'd bring, I'd sell hay to these guys. And uh, there was a, there was a kid, he was, he was like 11 or 10 and there was a couple of them and they're, and they were telling me where they live. And so I'm like, oh, that's over by the highway. I like, I drive by there. I'm like, eh, it was, it's a, that's like a 15 minute drive. That's a, you know, 20 minute drive. If, you know, if you have no traffic and and in a case like, oh, yeah, it, you know, it takes me like 30 minutes to walk here and blah, blah, blah. And I walk and and uh, it was like um, it was wintertime and we were stacking hay. And I'm like, oh, you're going to be go- OK going home in the dark. And it was like, yeah, I'll be I'll be fine. He says kids mm-hmm. like 11. And uh, okay. so uh, I so I say to the guy, one of the guys that runs the place, one of the adults, and he's got a handful of kids himself. And I go, uh, that's a rough neighborhood. He goes, if anybody touch one of these kids, he says the people in his neighborhood they would kill him Hmm. immediately. Hmm. He says, uh, in the ghetto, the kids are watched. uh, And uh, like he was talking about, like this particular like ghetto area there. So so essentially, there's not really any law when you got a bunch of thugs running the place anyways. And a lot of these thugs have kids Mm -hmm. and uh, they may not be like, um, you know, um, excellent dads. I don't know what they are. I don't know what these people, but... Uh, they don't tolerate that stuff. It's kind of like in New York City. There years ago, there was these uh, couple of criminals who raped a, a couple of nuns, mm. and they turned themselves into the police because the mafia guys were just going to they were going to they were going to you know, execute yeah. them immediately. Yeah. So that's kind of what would happen in those neighborhoods if somebody was if and and if anybody's su- suspected of being a pedo, um, they'll probably just get shot instantly. Is you know what happens in these sort of rough areas? Of course, it's a place you can't own a gun, but you know every third guy's got they a gun. got them. <laughs> Uh, MSN.com, the Washington Post on Arkansas, where a federal judge recently ruled that uh, temporarily blocking an Arkansas law forcing social media companies to verify users' ages and requiring that minors get parental consent in order to set up an account. Tech industry trade group NetChoice sued in uh, June to strike down the state law as unconstitutional, arguing it violated users' First Amendment rights and imposed onerous obligations on digital platforms. 
In granting their request for the preliminary injunction against the law, the U.S. District Court Judge Timothy Brooks expressed deep reservations about its constitutionality and its efficacy. He said the law is, quote, not targeted to address the harms it has identified, and further research is necessary before the state may begin to construct a regulation that is narrowly tailored to address the harms that minors face due to prolonged use of certain social media. The law was originally supposed to uh, take effect that uh, has now been prohibited from taking effect. It marks the latest in a bevy of attempts at the state level to restrict or ban minors' access to social media over concerns that the platforms exacerbate mental health issues for younger users. I believe the state is a reason that parents are leaning so hard on internet devices as babysitters and pacifiers for a multitude of reasons. Okay, give me one or two so, or whatever. Uh, who's using uh, uh, these internet devices most as pacifiers and babysitters is uh, uh, single moms, mm-hmm. uh, even single dads. Uh, addicted parents, whether they're addicted to drugs, they want the kids to leave them alone. Whether they're addicted to watching sports ball and drinking beer every night, they want the kids to leave them alone. Go watch your own thing. Sure. Go, you know, this is why, you know, all these kids got TVs in their bedrooms now. Um, you know, uh, at financially struggling parents, uh, very career minded parents that are dropping the kids off at, you know, um, uh, daycare and then sending them right to school. If you're stimulating, the addiction part of the brain, the part of the brain that likes cocaine and opiates, which mm-hmm. is the same part of the brain the internet device uh, uh, stimulates, you're doing that. The neurological pathways from the frontal lobe are being made to the addiction part of the brain. That same exact region of the brain is a is part of the brain that is excited uh, with rage, fear, mm. um, pornography excites it. So uh, when the um, and what happens is. That is making those neurological pathways are, are basically being made permanently from the frontal lobe to a certain part of the brain. So where a toddler and a and a and a um, you know, basically a toddler uh, and, a, and a young child uh, should be making the neurological pathways uh, connection between the frontal lobe and the sensory part of the brain, the, the the brain that is you know feeling, touching, tasting, smelling, things like that, um, you know that is receiving all those senses. And what I believe happens, uh, has happened, and we see this now, is we have a whole bunch of young people in this all around the world. The examples are everywhere. When you ask them a simple question, they default to rage because mm. the frontal lobe is the part of the brain that is logic and reasoning. And when they need to use logic and reasoning because of neurological pathways have been made to this addiction part of the brain, the part of the brain that when stimulated by the frontal lobe turns on essentially the rage part of the brain, uh, you, 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 and, and usually the, the outcome is like, you, you just start asking people at kids at a college campus, you know, uh, if they can explain how there's more than two genders and they just tell you you're a racist, you know, you got these <laughs> videos of people because, you know, um, you, uh, you know, uh, you know, Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh are always, you know, talking to these, you know, making these talks at these colleges. So there's always like these YouTube clips of like these unhinged, the protesters, you know, people yeah. in these colleges that, you know, usually have a funky hair color or something, or they're mm-hmm. some kind of, you know, trans or whatever. And you can just tell they have no ability to engage in logic or reasoning mm-hmm. and, and because they can't answer these questions, uh, especially when you challenge a narrative that's been the algorithm has forced down their throat. That's why, you know, who's going to win in le- next election? Whoever the algorithm tells its slaves mm-hmm. to vote for. Because we have basically a whole generation of people now that are our algorithmic slaves. They yeah. just follow what the, the algorithm tells them. They don't, you know, and the thing is, and if is you're, you're saying if they're under the age of six, it gets locked in, right? right? It really gets That's locked like in. where the brain is developing and these habits of the dopamine or serotonin yep. or whatever addictions get almost, you can't undo it. Uh, yeah, right? pretty much. So the, 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 uh, the dopamine hit that the kids get before they're six and seven years old, uh, whether they earn it or get it for free. So let's try to let's incentivize our kids to earn it let's work hard so our kids earn that uh stay at home with your kids somebody needs to stay at home with the kids mom or dad you both can't be going to work and just letting somebody else take Mm -hmm. care of them uh so whatever dopamine hit they get they're going to chase that for the rest of their life so like a lot of these guys that i'm dealing with that you know i'm buying cows from and getting hay from like i can only think of one guy that's like under 70 one Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, two. One guy's like 58. I asked him that the other day. And another guy is this young man. He's 34 years old. But the 34-year-old kid, um, uh, he is uh, he grew up on a dairy farm. 
Mm. You know, he grew up doing this stuff. He loves it. That's what he did as a kid. And, you know, he's like 10 years younger than me, and he's got his own dairy now, and he works two jobs so he can have his own dairy, and he loves doing it, and, you know, and he makes hay, and um, and he's, uh, you know, he's got a really good thing going for him. Uh, but, like, uh, you know, there's just not that desire to work hard. This is why the average American farmer is in his mid-70s, and that's that's a serious problem. That's a problem, yeah. Big sure. problem. Uh, people got to eat, and somebody's right. got to grow that food. You know, um, I'm kind of, like... I really enjoy a lot of the things you say about this stuff, Jay. You are a parent. You're really putting this stuff to 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 work with your kids. They're what one in three right now. Uh, two and right? three. Two and two and three. Uh, and it's it's clearly having a, a positive effect from what I can tell. Uh, so I think there's really something to it. On the other side, we do live in a technological world right yep. now. Uh, I mean, you've got a smartphone. Yep. I mean, it is part and parcel of a lot of our reality. Uh, when I was growing up, my dad wasn't a farmer. He was a tech guy, right? He re- he repaired, you know, in the 80s or whatever, he would have repaired your VCR or something okay. like that, right? You'd get your stereos on the fritz, you'd bring it into his hi-fi repair shop, and he would be able to fix that thing up and give it back to you. Uh, Is that how you learned how to solder stuff when you were a kid? Did you do any of that? Certainly, with your, yeah. He yeah. taught me how to do that. Yeah. Cool. Um, I never learned the like details of resistors and capacitors or whatever, so I can't do that that particular work. But after um, you know maybe about a decade of doing that, he got into computers and he was working at a computer store and doing different types of things with uh, with those. So we always had a computer in my home, probably from maybe age you know eight on, essentially. So I get where <clears throat> I get where you're coming from with really young kids shouldn't be on these devices that makes a lot of sense to me i don't think that there's a a need to completely prohibit electronic device access there's there's some value to being able to use a computer at a younger age especially if you actually understand what's going on with those things i mean so there's a big difference between like an lcd screen on a tablet and a smartphone mm -hmm. or so those are like in the same classification versus a computer screen and a keyboard you think so absolutely Um, well, because the, uh, so the tablet, uh, well, the, um, sort of depending on what monitor I guess you're using on Mm -hmm. the uh, computer could be sort of like the tablet, but like the tablet and the the smartphones, uh, the way the uh, frequencies are engineered, just the actual projection of it is Mm -hmm. like super pleasing and amusing. While many parents set rules in place to limit their kids' electronics time, most aren't doing the best job role modeling themselves. According to new research, three out of five American parents admit they spend more time on their electronic devices than their kids do. And you want to talk about, you know, setting a bad example for your kids if you're telling them on one hand, do it, you know, do this thing, but I don't have to do this yep. thing. Then it's, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Kids know when you're being a hypocrite. Oh, yeah. I mean, whether they point it out to you or not, they're going to be very aware of the fact that you don't do as you say. And, and that's, that hurts. And here's the thing. They want to emulate everything you do. Uh, you know, the little root, the little chicken learns from the big chicken. And mm-hmm. that is true. My kids want to do everything that my wife and I do. Like everything that my son does, my daughter wants to do, and vice versa. You know, mm-hmm. they're 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 just in that. They're just so impressionable at these ages, so they're going to learn that. Um, so I before we you know went to the break last uh, last segment, uh, I said I believe the state's responsible for a lot of this. Oh yeah, I don't think of, we fo- followed up on that. Yeah. So and the, and the, so I'm going to just kind of read off some things here, and we'll come back to some of them. So uh, how is the state responsible for this problem of parents having to lean on Internet devices as pacifiers and babysitters? Uh, A lot of it has to do with finances, and a lot of people, a lot of uh, parents struggle. By impoverishing the parents, they put them in a position where they feel like they have to give them a digital babysitter. So they can get work done. Mm -hmm. So they can have some peace and time on their own. I mean, parents need a little time off, too, from their kids. So, like, how how does this state do this? Well, regulations, for Mm -hmm. example— taxation uh fractional reserve banking right uh, which is just stealing everybody's wealth you know incrementally that's a really great point i mean if you look back uh 70 years in you know 1950 you had a parent staying at home you had one parent usually the dad going out to work and the mom would stay home take care of the kids 
you know, yep. make some dinner or whatever, uh, do the things that need to be done at home. And then because of the things you're talking about, debasing the, the money supply and all the government controls yep. and the regulations and the taxes, they made it so mom had to go to work, too, yes. in order to, con- to, to yep. continue having the same lifestyle. And what we're seeing happen with the inflation going on right now is people are getting continually set back by the money printing because when the government prints more money out which is what they've done trillions of in just the last few years some people have said it's as much as like 40 percent of the money supply has come out has been produced within the last few years since the whole covid uh thing what they've done by doing that is they've lowered the standard of living the quality of life for people you know you're making a little bit more quote unquote because the companies have had to raise the rates but it doesn't buy what it you're used to buy you're spending a lot more making right. a little more spending a lot more a couple right. more um so I so said, you're behind the yeah. ball compared to what you were doing just and, 3 or 4 years ago and that hurts and and I should have had these in a little better order so I got public schools on here so we'll get back to public mm-hmm. schools in just That's a, a second that's a huge one so the government is subsidizing all kinds of things so the government is subsidizing drug addiction. Yep. yep. So the government is subsidizing single single moms. Uh, the government is. It's a drug addiction uh, to pharmaceuticals that right. they're subsidizing. Well, there's all kinds right? of drug addiction that they're subsidizing. Yeah. So the government is uh, subsidizing single moms. The government is subsidizing big tech. Let's not forget all the big tech players have gotten major major contracts. From big time. From the feds, from the state, from Amazon's all kinds of... running all kinds of servers for yep. the CIA and the FBI and, and, and stuff. And Google and the whole yep. nine yards. Uh, and, and then uh, and even like um, you have examples where uh, like, uh, was it Twitter, you know, was told by the government to, you know, censor this and add that and, you know, yeah, block They still this are and, being and, told that. Correct. Uh, government is subsidizing poor people. Uh, sure. Government is subsidizing devices so there's all kinds of public school programs where your kid gets a tablet or a computer and takes it home mm-hmm. uh and even like you know a computer like a chromebook is basically a tablet with a nice keyboard uh Pretty you much. know and yeah. that's kind of what uh, from what i understand was is doled out um then you have uh the subsidization of judicial pensions uh which is a, an element of this and you also have the subsidization uh or encouragement or regulation or whatever of moms in the workplace by making it so that mom and dad both have to work, as you were saying, now the kid has to go to public schools. Now you got to pay, you know, was it $20,000 a year to send a kid to public school? And actually that number is not even correct because mm-hmm. if you look at the pension liabilities mm-hmm. for these teachers and these administrators and all of these, you know, yeah. uh, extremely woke, you know, 100% Democrat voting um, and I'm a, you know, Democrats and Republicans are, you know, both, you know, same feathers of a bad bird as far as I'm sure. concerned. Uh, you know, you know, in the school system like that, that pension funding, that li- uh, what, what do they call unfunded liability uh, is actually huge. That's something that we have a little uh, study group getting into in New Hampshire here so we can see how much like the social workers actually cost plus the unfunded liabilities, hmm. um, for example, and, you know, and, and the teachers and stuff. So what this so now the kids are going to public schools and these are all everything I, I read here is basically what I, I call elements tactics of multi generational warfare. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.